Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Get Geek Podcast. What's going on from the crew over here? Let's do introductions. I'm Jose. Hey, Jay. You are. And as always, this is Walt. So the crew is here with you today. As always, as you know, recording remotely, we're trying to stay as safe as possible. So we just wanted to make a disclaimer about that if there's any audio issues or, or artifacts. Um, you know, as we've said before, we think we've ironed them out. We think we're doing a, a pretty good job of getting rid of any sound issues or artifacts for recording remotely. So, yeah, if there's any issues with that, please give us some feedback. And, of course, we welcome all kinds of feedback. Um, on the note of feedback, if you want to support your favorite podcast crew, the Get Geek crew, please like, rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find it on all of your favorite Spotify, uh, excuse me, podcast platforms, blah, 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 blah. Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon Music, uh, where all your favorite podcasts are sold. So please uh, support your crew, like, rate, share, and subscribe. Check out our Instagram page. Check out check out our Twitter at Get Geek Podcast. We have giveaways. We have cool news there. Uh, I mean, basically, it's awesome, and you should be following us. So why are you not following us and like liking, rating, sharing, and subscribing? Um, What's your problem, yeah. man? Yeah, subscribe. Dude, come, on. come on, don't mess this one up for us, guys. No. Kidding. We uh, appreciate all of you who have reached out to us and and given us feedback. Uh, oh, and by the way, we're on Pandora too as well. Uh, we are being added to all of the the awesome podcast platforms. So check us out, please. Like, rate, share, subscribe. Let people know you like the show. That's the best way, as always, to support your favorite podcast crew, the Get Geek Crew. So yeah, today we have a. Uh, a couple of big topics one obviously you know we've been basically geeking out about for the last few weeks ever since it has returned that's season two of the mandalorian we're going to talk chapter 14 today uh chapter 14 the tragedy really big episode really important episode and we have a lot to say about it but first um and i want to get your guys opinion on this let's jump right into it there is some big news for us streaming nerds for streaming services and for movie theaters that are going to have huge, absolutely, in my opinion at least, huge repercussions for how things are going to go forward with movie theater releases uh, going forward, even if this doesn't happen. And that news is, is that HBO Max is going to release every single Warner Brothers movie that's coming to the theaters in 2021. Now, for reference, that includes starting with, uh, actually in 2020, Wonder Woman 84, which comes out on Christmas Day. Uh, if I say that, that's the Christmas Day it comes out, if I'm not uh, mistaken, right? Yep. Um, so that's coming out on Christmas Day on HBO Max and in theaters simultaneously on HBO Max at no extra cost. So if you have an HBO Max subscription, you get Wonder Woman 1984 and 21 other WB movies that are coming out in 2021. I think it's 21, right? That includes Dune. That includes The Matrix 4. 
uh, that includes Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, it's it's massive, massive, massive news. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. I mean, it's pretty awesome if you have HBO Max to get access to all things WB, especially if you're a DC nerd or a nerd of Godzilla or a nerd of well, just about anything. They're releasing so many mm. big geek movies coming out in 2021. So yeah, let's get let's get opinions on that because I think it's pretty huge. AJ, can you give your opinion? What do you think about this here? Like, is this good for movie theaters? Good for HBO? Good for nerds? What's your take on this huge news? To quote a very famous, very very famous, super duper <laughs> famous guy from Star Wars. Yeah, I'm just gonna say this. I got a bad feeling about this. Wow. Okay. Okay. A bad feeling for for who, I guess? For, there are a couple of layers to this. So, Mm -hmm. first of all, everything moving to HBO. You're kind of setting up, like with movie theaters, you know, you go in once you see it, awesome. But not everyone uh, has, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to overgeneralize things, but Maybe not everyone has HBO Max, and maybe not everyone <laughs> can afford streaming services, even though movie tickets run around the same price. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. That, that just seems uh, it, just, it just doesn't sit right for, on that front. And then, especially when you want to observe metrics, like a lot of the things, because I follow the Godzilla versus Kong movie. Uh, developments uh, relatively well. Yeah. And a lot of what I'm hearing from the fan base is that this is this might be the end of the Godzilla versus the you know the American franchise for the Godzilla movies because yeah, because you know, without a proper release, you know, how are you going to determine oh, well, you know, it's just it's probably going to be a bad thing. Because I don't know how they track stuff there, but, you know, with movies, you get a very good sense of what the people like. Well, I, I have a counterpoint to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that this actually might, in a way, help the MonsterVerse. Because there are probably a, a segment of people who aren't into Godzilla that won't go to the movie theater mm-hmm. to pay money for it. But now if it's involved and it's kind of bundled into their HBO Max subscription, it's a lot easier for them to check it out. And if it come, if it turns out to be a really good movie, then maybe they go back and see the other movies and maybe on the next release, you know, like, you know, maybe they're more inclined yeah. to say, you know what, Godzilla, that last Godzilla was actually a really good movie. I should go yeah. check this out. So they're. There is that also, and they can check how many how many people are streaming, you know, a show at the same time. So there's there's a count. There's both ways to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You you I lose the big, yeah. You lose the big box office, but maybe you get more eyes on it that normally wouldn't have seen it. Yeah, that's my thought too. Because well, it's it's a double edged sword. I think. Oh yeah, that, that's how I yeah. see it. Because. To your point about the cost, if you think about it, AJ, the cost actually can be better on HBO Max because let's say you want to see a movie, you get a subscription for a month for $15, I think. It's $14.99. Yes. And you can see that movie, you know? 
Uh, it's it's less cost prohibitive than say like you have a family of four. You know, like taking you guys for example. I mean, when you're going to movies, you're probably spending upwards of $150, I would imagine, mm-hmm. at least, right? Four tickets, popcorn, soda, like, that's a huge cost. That's, you know, that's about 10 times more than what you would spend on getting the movie on HBO Max if you don't include whatever, you know, snacks you have for your viewing. So the cost is going to be, you know, in a way better for the people who really, really want to check out these movies and just can't afford to take their families to the theater or can't afford to go to the theater themselves. Which is which is cool to a certain extent, but you know. But then there's 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 this other issue, you know, yeah. like uh, you will well, lose money though. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna money. say. That, that's that's, that's the issue for the monster AJ, To AJ's point, two hundred million yeah, or something on this movie. Exactly. You know? So to AJ's point, it, it it makes a lot of sense because you know you're not releasing it in the movie theaters and. It does cost a bunch of money to make these movies. You're not going to get it back on HBO, most likely. Um, the the thing that you hope is that you're playing the long game here, you know, and you're you're providing the content, you know, at in a much easier way of of consuming it than you would if you did it in a the movie theater. So, you know, but in the short in the short term, mm-hmm. um, most of these movies are going to lose money. That, I think that's that's just yeah. the way it Even is. Really, you know? Well, they are re- being released in theaters, right? So, right at the same on the same day that they're being released on HBO Max, of course, their their theater release dates are coming out. But people aren't going to go to the movies for a while, like not to the same so, extent. So, one one caveat that we have to mention with the HBO release schedule, yeah. Um, it, you, you're if you're thinking that you can get onto HBO Max and see these movies on the trial period, not you're happening. Not, not yeah, happening. that's, that's going to be this month, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, they they cut that out. So if you Just do the trial, you'll WWE be able to see exactly. If you do the mm-hmm. trial, you're only going to see their back catalog. You're not going to see their new stuff. Um, the other point that needs to be made is that these movies, while they will be released on HBO Max, it's yep. only on the service for a month. So you uh, have okay. a month to see the movie, and mm-hmm. then it's gone until, until you have those. Started. I think it's what is it, the ninety day ninety day window where it, where theaters? yeah, I believe that's currently somewhere around where the arrangement is it's not an yeah, I th- yeah it's not an official thing but it's like kind of like how they have done it for for years i feel like right. i think that's so correct. it's not it's not on the the service forever you know and if you do want to go revisit it then that's where i guess the theaters would you know make that make that accessible for for people who want to see it on a repeated you know watch after the one month period yeah okay so let me let me ask you, Eli. Yeah. Um, do you like the idea of being able to watch all of these movies in the comfort of your own home? Or are you kind of going to be upset about this? Because, you know, I mean, as a family, a lot of times when we when these big movies come out, you know, all the MCU movies, we saw Godzilla, the, the um, you know, uh, oh, Lord, what was the name of the movie? The Godzilla King of the Monsters. Excuse me. We all saw that in the theaters together. You know, so we enjoy going to the theater for the experience of watching it together as a family. And that's something we can do in a house also, sure, or watch parties or other things like that. But, I mean, what do you think? Are you are you excited about being able to watch, you know, Dune and, and, and Godzilla versus Kong and all these movies 
at home or are you kind of feeling like this is something where you're going to miss out on the movie experience or do you not care? What do, what do you think about watching these movies in this way? I'm kind of, I'm kind of mixed here because mm-hmm. to me, honestly, it doesn't really matter as much to me as like any other viewers, but I feel like, yeah, uh, Walt's, Walt's like <laughs> doing that. We're, we're kind of fortunate because we have a, a pretty big screen TV and we also yeah. have the, the 5.1 <laughs> surround sound. So, right. you know, we, we can kind of recreate the movie experience a little bit better than maybe most people. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like, that's still the thing. sucks. Yeah, AMC and movie theaters like that, like they have a much wider screen, and surround sound is like it's way better than what we can do. Yeah, top tier. So, like, at the same time, yes, it is better, I guess, to go watch it in the movie theaters from the movie experience. But I feel like 3D too sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. But like, at the same time, we can do 3D, but we've just never used it. But we have 3D. We have 3D. We have the 3D glasses. I have just, 3D DVDs, but we've never really used it because it's kind of a pain in the the you know what. Yeah. So. <laughs> to them. But um. You might have to this year, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have Godzilla. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else? What else were you gonna say, Eli? What was I, your other points to make? To me, I like just because to me, I have a little bit more freedom in my house, so I could just like flop flop on the couch and like it there's there's gonna be i can do whatever i want yeah. when yeah. I, to make myself comfortable you inside the, the house you i could go yeah go grab something to eat concessions who needs popcorn when you have tortino's pizza rolls yeah, yeah. <laughs> see so yeah at, <laughs> inside a house it would be a, um, a different experience but at the same time i think i would like that a lot more even but then again, you have to. You can go watch with, in person with your family and stuff, and that's that's a problem. But yeah, you have watch party, but it's not the same thing as actually seeing them. Yeah, right? you've already tried that with Mandalorian. It wasn't the best experience. Yeah, right. <laughs> they need to work on that quite a bit. Yes, they do. Have a lot of things they need to work on on Disney Plus. Yeah, security issues. Yeah, the app itself is is not the best. It's probably one of the, the the weaker mobile streaming apps. So okay, so we're kind of mixed on this whole thing with HBO Max. It seems because I mean, for me, like yeah, I'm I'm super excited that I could just sit at home and watch these movies. But we have always had sort of a tradition, and it's going to be weird when like Black Widow or something like that comes out if we can't go see it in the theater. I know Black Widow is, you know, not a WB movie. We're not we're talking about it a little differently here, but there's rumors that it's going to come out on uh Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder because, you know, you look at the model of of Mulan on Disney Plus where they charge money including the the subscription service in order to allow you to watch this new movie. And now by the way, Mulan is is uh, free on Disney Plus after about a month or so, I think. Uh, you don't have to pay for it separately anymore. It's just part of the streaming service and part of your subscription. The live-action Mulan, obviously, for anybody who's wondering which one I'm talking about. But, like, like, does that now become the standard? Does that mean because HBO and WB, HBO Max and WB, are not going to charge for these movies, can Disney afford to? Can Disney afford to say, like, oh, well, 
you know, HBO is not charging for their theatrical releases, releases on their streaming service. But, you know, for us, it's $30 for Black Widow. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how's that going to change, too? You know, there's so many things that I think are going to kind of change in weird ways as a result of that. So I guess we're going to see really what happens with movie theaters um, and with HBO Max. I mean, it's it's such a mixed bag. I think you, my, you guys kind of all agree. Yeah, my, my take on it is a little weird because, you know, I, I, I look at what WB is trying to do. And, um, you know, listen, listen you, you've got to look at the reality of things. You know, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now, and we're actually um, worse off than we were when we first started back in March and April, you know, and with the holidays coming, things are only going to get worse. That's, that's the way it looks like it's trending upwards. And it's, it's not only a matter of safety, it's, it's economics because there's a lot of people because of the pandemic that have not, um, have lost their jobs, you know, and it, it, it does look like we're, we're not getting, you know, at, at least in the U S you know, the stimulus thing is, is, pretty much a disaster on all fronts you know they it's it's become a very bipartisan fight for that um, there is some hope that well, i've heard recently there's some hope that they they're gonna release a very 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 right um paired back version which will only include i believe extended 300 dollars for unemployment mm-hmm. uh it's gonna extend that again and i think it's gonna have a very very small which drives me crazy a very very small um paycheck protection aspect to it to help small businesses which it the the Horrible. first iteration didn't do anything you know i mean you know we, we can cite instances of large corporations getting it but the actual small business not it's getting nothing. it so Didn't that's why Tom i say you get almost a million dollars for exactly his business, you know, for tb12 for his uh, yep. fitness business and and so Tom Brady that's why crying. <laughs> that's why I say it's a, it, the response is a disaster. I know we're moving off of the topic and getting into politics, which we really shouldn't. It relates, though. It definitely it, relates it does because and, you know for small movie theaters, small business owners, for people who just or you know, I mean, think about it. People who work at these movie theaters, what exactly. the heck are they going to do? You know, exactly. You know, and so that's why I said you know it's it's a part of it. You know. Um, but I understand why WB is doing it because they they rather you know you continue to push these movies back and and the the excitement for it wanes because then you're going to create a backlog on the backside of things you know um, so there is a reason why they're doing it now for me the whole thing about it is that um, I actually. I'm I'm mixed just like everybody else here because like I said we we're pretty fortunate that we can kind of try and recreate the uh, the movie experience as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But you know you look at some of these movies here and there's there is something to be said about being in a movie theater to experience that and and one of the things that I always look at is is horror movies. Horror movies is such a totally different experience in the movie theater. Than probably any other genre out there. Comedies um, too. I think and, it's and to comedies comedy. too. Yeah, it's exactly. very much a, a group experience. Everybody like kind of plays off of each other's laughter or fear in the theater. It's it's a big thing about the experience. I, I remember I went to go see Hereditary in Williamsburg, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I went with my wife, and we were there, and it was kind of like a midnight showing, but it was the most 
it was the best experience that I think I've had in a movie theater in a long time. The guy next to me, he, he when he came in, he literally sat down and said, listen, I am apologizing to you now because I might scream like a girl later, <laughs> you know. And the entire time he was jumping and, and making all... And it wasn't annoying to me because it was it was fun and it's fun, it was yeah. it was the same thing you got. <laughs> he was cool entire... for telling you that was going to happen too. Exactly, <laughs> it was it was it was a a great communal experience, you know, that you yeah. can't recreate at home. My my um best memory recently is like you know one of the coolest things that we've ever experienced in a movie theater. Like, and I, you know, you can go back and think about like another one that I can mention for sure is when we saw the you know the phantom menace in 99 like what an experience that was people with lightsabers people in costume mm-hmm. you know people like waving them in the air well uh well dude know, the movie starts that also, excitement is there and then just the other one i wanted to mention real quick that moment in like say like uh endgame when like yeah, yeah. Hey, captain america wields mjolnir or like captain marvel shows up all those moments where people in the crowd or Spider-Man returning, you know, like those big pop excited moments from the, from the audience. Bro, remember, remember when we went to go see Dragon Ball Super, how excited that crowd was. I mean, people were literally screaming, you know, when, when, (laughs) you know, uh, you had those big moments in that movie, you know, again, that's something you won't be able to recreate anywhere except the movie theater. And, yeah. My thing is AMC is the one that's kind of spearheading this fight, but I also worry about the mom and pops, you know what I'm saying? Because they're they're really they really do struggle. AMC at the end of the day, they're fine. going to struggle, but they'll be fine, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, they might even like even to to the point of that like they can much more afford to say like, "Oh, we're going to file for bankruptcy and close a few theaters and they'll still operate." You know, they'll right. figure it out and they'll return to some sort of profitable mo- profitable model so long as people eventually go back to theaters, right? But they're not suffering. The mom and, and pop theaters are suffering hard right now. And it's and, a, it's and you a shame look at those you also look at theaters, those you know? Yeah, and you also look at those mom and pop theaters. A lot of movie girls excuse me, a lot of moviegoers go to those mom and pops because they can offer a ticket that's less than yeah. the AMC and the Regals, you know, and the UA theaters and stuff. You can go to one of these mom and pop theaters. I remember there's one by where um our our parents live on yeah, Main Street. Main Street. Mm-hmm. They used to in do Queens. four four dollar tickets on Tuesdays. I used to go there all the time to see movies there. And there was a, there was a theater like that in Illinois where I, when I lived there too, it was like four dollars or something like that. And I would just go to the movies by myself sometimes even exactly just watch a movie for fun because it was so cool to be able to do that by yourself. So this not only impacts the movie theater owners, but it also impacts those moviegoers that kind of depend on being able to afford a movie experience on kind of like a budget, you know? And indie so, films, what's going to happen to them? You know, they were already I, suffering. Yeah, I think indie films are going to suffer the most because um, the trend, especially lately, has been toward these tentpole blockbuster films. And, you know, that's that's what these studios are really focusing on. You know, it's, it's a shame also that Fox kind of went out because Searchlight was putting out some great, indie films yeah and uh i don't know if you're gonna see that focus with disney on on that end so no it's not it's not as likely you know although the model seems to be more so that indie films are just kind of biting the bullet and saying just go to streaming 
just yeah. they're just releasing on streaming services. It's a shame. They can make money there too, but maybe not as much. I don't know how that exactly works, but I do feel like they're going to suffer with this. Yeah. We'll see though. It's yeah, it's it's so bittersweet because it's going to be cool to be able to watch these movies like the day of with no difficulties whatsoever. But the theaters, I'm going to miss them. I, I am going to miss them because we have even had thoughts of like renting out a whole theater to see some of the newest movies that have come out. Uh, you know, but like renting out a whole AMC theater for like 150 bucks or something. But, but nothing has come out. That's the problem. There's no new content because um, all we got is Tenet, right? Yeah, and Tenet, which ironically comes out in we're we're recording this um, Sunday in afternoon. Tenet mm-hmm. comes out December 15th. So on streaming, you know, on digital, mm-hmm. not streaming. I'm sorry, on digital. So you know, that's going to be the way I'm going to watch it, but they tried to put it out on the theaters it really didn't do that well people aren't Nothing did. comfortable with going to the movie theaters in this climate right now no they're simply so. not and let's hope that with recent developments with the vaccine and everything else that we'll see a recovery and we're going to have to see what what HBO and WB and AMC decide is best going forward because for me as a final thought i feel like the deal is going to change slightly that's just my my thought now. Let's see what happens with AMC. I don't think it's going to be a huge change, but we'll see. I guess we'll see what what ends up happening on this front because again. Yep. Big 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 news. But we got some bigger stuff to talk about this week. Well, maybe not bigger, but more immediate big stuff to talk about this week. We got The Mandalorian chapter 14 the tragedy to speak about and i'll say man when i saw that title i was scared <laughs> it's like <laughs> what is gonna happen to grogu or or like to other character are they gonna kill somebody off because remember last season in the last few episodes is where they started killing off some of characters that we really really wished did not die mm-hmm. uh like quill is a great example yeah. uh, quill i should say that's how they pronounce his name so yeah, guys, this was a pretty big episode. I feel. Um, let's 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 get right into it, right? So, whew, we we got off of the big episode last week, um, the Jedi, where he meets Ahsoka Tano, Din Djarin, and and Grogu, whose name we find out for the first time last week. Little baby Grogu, baby Yoda, the child. Uh, they're tasked to go to the planet Tython. Uh, in order for Grogu to reach out to another Jedi, so one of the remaining Jedi in the universe, and we're going to talk about the remaining Jedi and the implications of that, um, and see if he wants to be trained and kind of make his choice. You know, does he want to be trained as a Jedi, or does he want to let his powers fade and just, you know, be a normal baby Yoda, you know, not have to be involved in the Force and be involved in these conflicts and, and, and all of that. So... Yeah, they're on their way to Tython, and we open with uh, a tender little moment with Baby Yoda and and Din Djarin. It's going to be hard to start calling him Grogu, even though I like the name. Um, what did you guys think of this episode, I guess, first off? Eli, uh, what is your sort of basic overall thoughts on this episode? Did you really enjoy it, or did you totally freaking hate it and think that it was the worst episode of The Mandalorian ever? Uh-oh. Is it corny? <laughs> No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, it was. It was good. It there was has a, to be some corn in there, right? Yeah. If there was anything corny, what was it? It was spoilers, me, by the way, everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
spoilers. We're entering yeah. into spoiler territory. So what was, was corny? <laughs> I know this is going to sound bad, but it was a little bit too dramatic with Boba. I'm just saying. What what aspects of it? Like, what, um, like, what part of it? Yeah. It, it's just like, you know when you overdo a cool factor? Uh, you overdo the cool factor for a character? Mm-hmm. It just seems really just like they're... Just like they're overdoing it. Okay. Like pushing the Boba character. Yeah, okay. that's what I felt. But otherwise, I thought it was a great... Uh, I thought it was one of the best episodes yet for the season. And yeah. And I did predict it. I did predict stuff. With, I want to make this point. I predicted it. I predicted okay. it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, again, spoilers for sure for anybody that hasn't already realized that we're spoiling this episode in our discussion. What prediction did you make? This episode that was that you thought was going to happen that came true. Um, I predicted that Boba would take Mando under his wing. I said it. I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I said it. I believe you. I believe you. You've actually made some great predictions in the past, so I would, I would definitely want to hear more of your predictions on some of these storylines and like, yeah. So let's talk about that. Because that's the biggest moment in this episode, obviously, right, guys? We we had the early reveal in the first episode of this season of Tamora Morrison. And, you know, we were all basically like, that's got to be Boba Fett, right? But we never got an actual in-show confirmation. We got confirmation in, like, credits on IMDb and all that stuff. But we never found out that it was Boba Fett. This week, we found out for sure that it was Boba Fett. And... I just want to say to your point, Eli, and then let's open it up to talking about like the, the well, the the impact of Boba Fett returning to the Star Wars universe in this way. I'm not going to say one way or another whether I think it was awesome or not, even though I think that will become clear. But yeah, it's it's pretty clear early on that this is Boba Fett, right? Because the episode, as I said, it kind of opens up with a tender moment between Din Djarin and Grogu, where he's playing with that little silver ball that's on the control panel on the Razor Crest. That's kind of been become like a, like a a, a sort of a, a symbol for their relationship. That little metal ball that that Grogu is pretty obsessed with. And then, you know, we get baby Grogu to Tython. He puts him on the Seeing Stone so he can reach out to the Jedi, and we have that that huge huge moment that i think most star wars fans kind of went insane we see a ship finally return to the canon uh walt can you tell us a little bit about what we see in that moment we got slave one which was what a moment that was right yeah everybody the minute that you saw the ship i I think there was a collect a collective gasp uh throughout the star wars universe what what is it that um it was as if a million voices cried out at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and they were not silenced. I they saw were a not silenced of, this, one, this one. I saw a little bit of the Star Wars theories reaction. I saw a couple of reaction videos and like, oh, really? he just went crazy when he saw Slave One. And I, yeah, yeah, we all did, right? Because it's mm-hmm. been, how long has it been since we've seen this ship? More than 30 years since we've seen Slave One in the Star Wars film? Yeah, right? I mean, no, uh, you had wait. the Slave One in episode two. Right, right. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. But that's been that's still that's like almost 20 years since we've seen Slave One in live action, and since yep. we've seen it in the hands of one Boba Fett, right? 
Like that was pretty huge. What did you like? Did you think that moment was corny, Eli, or was that was, was that one of the moments no, no, that you that thought was, was overblown? That was good. That was good. Like, that was a cool was... way to reveal, right? Yeah. So, like for me, just to your point, real quick, Eli, and then like again, I really want to know what you guys think of like how Boba Fett comes back and like you know his his interactions with Din Djarin, his motivations, like compared to what you predicted for him this season. Um. But, like, for me, I think a big reason why they made it a little corny, quote-unquote, is because some fans, including, you know, our resident Boba Fett, like, super nerd, Wolfie, who isn't able to join us this week, um, he'll certainly have thoughts in the coming weeks, though. I guarantee that because he was really excited to see Boba Fett. Yep. But, I mean, for fans of Boba Fett, who the last time you really, really saw him in what's now considered official canon, he just flew into a Sarlacc pit and died. Like, the most the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy, kind of like Vader, never showed us truly what a badass that he, that he was in any of the movies. And then Vader, you know, he has his moment in Rogue One. Every mm-hmm. fan loved that, right? In Rogue One, near the end of the movie, where we get to see Vader finally do some really crazy Vader stuff in live action. Like, be fearful and, like, crush people and kill people and, like, toss them into walls. I think fans of Boba Fett, they needed this, you know? Because, you know, you grew up hearing, again, Boba Fett is the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy, and then he gets taken out by a jetpack malfunction, which they just joke about. And, like, Easter egg when Django kind of dies the same way, when his jetpack can't fire and then he can't get away from Mace Windu and Mace Windu chops his head off, right? So it's like a, it's like a recurring joke, or it was. Yeah, we had it the first episode of this season. Yeah, we even had it the first episode of this season because his jetpack <laughs> malfunctioned when Cobb Vanth kind of smacked, uh, you know, the, the jetpack, Boba Fett's yep. jetpack, or excuse me, Cobb Vanth got his jetpack smacked by Din Djarin. Um... So, yeah, like fans of Boba Fett really, really, really needed to see him demonstrate why he was the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy. So that's why, like, I didn't think it was necessarily corny. I think it was like, you know, and and I want to hear what you guys think besides Eli as well. Like, I think this moment was a necessity for some big Boba Fett Star Wars fans. Like, they need. I agree. What else? What do you guys think about, like, Boba Fett's return and reveal? AJ, what did you think about, like, you know, his motivations and some of the things that he does in this episode to show us how, uh, for lack of a better term, badass he finally has proven himself to be. Well, it it makes sense. I mean, we all really kind of called it last episode. He's really only there for the armor. And I kind of like how they expanded on the Fett Mandalorian heritage. That, That was actually pretty pretty boss now i can say that Django wasn't just a bounty hunter he was actually a mandalorian so all right that was pretty cool yeah and you know what i've given boba fett a lot <laughs> a lot <laughs> of how, 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 how do i put this we say grief or is that not the right yes word? grief that's a very uh, misery to say uh <laughs> So so much agony. So much crap about Boba Fett. (laughs) And you know what? After seeing this episode, okay, fine. I'll give you that this person may once upon a time have been one of the best bounty hunters in the known galaxies. But you know what? That also kind of 
I still can't get Return of the Jedi that taste out of my mouth, though. Yeah. Because while you see all this awesome badassery, you just can't help but remember the last time you saw him where he looked like a complete fool. Yeah. And I guess that's going to be my kind of last kind of dissing remark because you know what? I'm not even going to lie. I'm on the Boba boat now. Yeah. But I will give you. Did you just say the Boba boat? <laughs> yes, oh I did. <laughs> but okay. you know what? I I, I still, uh, quite honestly, I still prefer Mando to Boba. But I'm uh, not. I'll I'll be clear. He is pretty cool. So fine. Yeah, I mean, to finally see him really really excel in some sort of combat because the moments you see in 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 the older movies i think you mentioned earlier we both saw the empire strikes back again recently right yeah um it's actually cool for me because my girlfriend saw star wars and the empire strikes back for the first time ever in the last few days and she enjoyed them i'm not gonna say she's like a super fan but when you know you know when you watch the old movies you know as an adult it's a little bit of a different experience than us when we saw them as kids, right? But, like, you know, you have moments in, like, The Empire Strikes Back where he's smart enough to realize what Han Solo is doing, and by that I reference Han Solo attaching to the back of the Star Destroyer bridge uh, and escaping with the garbage, right? No, Nobody else figured that out. So you had moments where you see how smart Boba Fett is and why he's the feared bounty hunter. But again, then you get Return of the Jedi, um and his legacy just got smashed as a result of that you know yeah so it's for me yeah like i said i wasn't like i'm gonna say this now but you guys know this is true i wasn't giving wolfie or boba fett quite as much grief as the rest of the crew (laughs) i tried to help out a little bit when it came to those arguments but it's really good to see for the fandom, at least in my opinion, to see this character reestablished and also find out what the heck happened to him in the Sarlacc pit. Because you had different Legends canon showing how he escaped and creating these awesome backstories for him. And then when that got wiped out, your Fett fans were just left out in the cold, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have that, though, you know, the big, 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 big moments from Boba Fett in this episode, basically, he, you know, he, he lands in Slave One. We find out that another character, and, and again, we had these theories last season. These theories were out there last season as well. We go back to a character from last season, Fennec Shand, Ming-Na Wen's character, returns and is not dead. Uh, if you guys remember that moment last season, we all kind of had this as a theory where a, a hooded, robed figure uh, goes to her dying body and kind of leans down over it. There were definitely thoughts then that it was Boba Fett. And now we got confirmation that it was. Uh, what did you guys think of the return of Fennec Shand as a character? Me personally, I'll say, I was upset when she died so quickly last season. I'm a fan of Ming-Na Wen. I'm a fan of the way that they characterized her in the show. Um, so for me, like I was actually excited that they found a way to bring the character back. Uh, Walt, what did you think about Fett's interactions and the return of Fennec Shand in this episode? Well, I, I did like her character coming back because just like you, yeah, um, I'm I'm a fan of the actress. You know, she's been on a number of things. Most recently, um, for the MCU fans, she was on Agents of Shield as um, Melinda May. You know. 
and she plays a badass character there. Um, and so I was excited to see more. And so having her kind of unceremoniously killed off by, you know, that kid last last season was kind of a disappointment. So seeing her come back um, was was pretty fun. And you know what? You've now set up this trio, this group that is, it seems like they're going to be going forward. So it's going to be interesting watching all three of them you know, and their interplay between them. Now, you know, the, the implication was that Boba Fett kind of rescued her and, and gave her, I guess, some implants, right? Very much like uh, like Luke's implant for his hand in, mm-hmm. in The Empire Strikes Back. The, the mechanics looked very similar, but it was in her stomach, which was really weird, right? Yeah, yeah that, that was kind of like, what the heck is that, <laughs> you know? And um, I guess Boba Fett, aside from being a, a bounty hunter, is an excellent surgeon here, you know? So <laughs> yeah, that just that just adds to his legend. Where he has some so connections on Tatooine, for sure. Right? That's true. You know, maybe he got some of the Tusken Raiders to, you know, patch her up or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That, I, actually, can we, can we expand upon that slightly? Because I had a theory. I don't know if this theory is now slightly more confirmed. But I had a theory that in chapter uh, nine, the marshal with Cobb Vanth, that he was actually among the sand people that were in that fight. It, I think it's more possible that that's the case right now, right? Because it looks like it's almost, I mean, we don't know this for sure, but it looks like the, in, the implication, you know, kind of like what you said, is, it, is that the sand people uh, are probably the ones that nursed him back to health. If they didn't save him, I don't know how he he escaped from the Sarlacc pit. I don't think they yeah. saved him necessarily. They never really they never say how. Really right, but it seems like they kind of took him in, right? And like they kind of nursed him back to health. At least that's the idea that I got because he's now, you know, very much well-versed in combat with the gaffy stick. And that Listen, was pretty awesome too. There was a point where he jumped down from one of the, the higher ledges and, oh, and came yeah. down. And I, I almost, there was a part of me almost expecting him to take the gaffy stick and just raise it up and start going. Yeah, dude. Like it was like really weird. I was like, no, he's not going to do it. Please don't do it. Thank you. He didn't do it. That was, but like, I definitely liked Tamora Morrison. His fighting style was awesome. Well, his, his whole, not, his yeah. whole, to me, he was the MVP of this episode, not because he, not just because he's Boba Fett, but the lines that he was given, the way that he acted him out, and yeah, like his fighting style, which included like kind of his his body language and his facial expressions, mm-hmm. actually, because I I loved how like angry and vicious he was when he was like basically wiping out stormtroopers and like s- destroying their helmets with the gaffy stick. The look oh. on his face was so cool. With those were some. Those were some of the most brutal um, things that I think we've seen in in Star Wars. And yeah, Hollywood. I mean those those helmets were thoroughly smashed. Yo, you know, stormtrooper helmets are useless, bro. What oh boy, that was that was just brutal. that was almost horror movie type stuff. You know. Yeah, like this the the image of that stormtrooper with the smashed helmet after he like wrecked it, like just crushed it across his face with the gaffy stick. Mm-hmm. That was kind of creepy, almost like yeah. how dirty he did him, and like the 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 one the stormtrooper who was kind of in charge, how like he cried out like no, just before <laughs> Boba Fett like brings the gaffy stick down and stabs him to death. 
Like it was very, very visceral. And again, like I think this was the redemption, you know, corny or not, that Boba Fett fans needed in terms of him being like a, a, a really cool action star. Um, and, and, you know, there's a couple of things that I want to mention that come to mind and I want to ask what you guys thought about these. Um, so what I, I like, one of my favorite moments of the episode uh, was when Boba Fett returns to using his, um, his, his rear mounted rocket launcher on the backpack. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, we'll skip around a little bit in the narrative, <laughs> but this is when, you know, some ships are trying to escape, basically. After the combat, like, Boba Fett is just so badass that, like, he scares them away, basically, after he uses a weapon that's finally become canon, right? I think it was mentioned in, like, in in guidebooks and stuff like that, um, which we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get into some of that stuff in a minute, but... You know, so he uses the rocket launcher and it's so cool because he shoots down one of the transport ships and it crashes into the other transport ship. Uh, Din Djarin immediately says, like, nice shot. Boba Fett jokes around and says, I was aiming for the other one. And, you know, <laughs> in the awesome Tamora Morrison uh, voice and accent. So that was a cool moment. I mean, there's so many cool moments in this episode. Yes, there are. Um but also, like, this is not even a joke to me. I thought, actually, it was, to me, it was actually really, really cool. And this is going to sound slightly weird, but I know the fans have already talked about this part. Like, Boba Fett, man, bro, like, you rock that dad bod, bro. You rock it. Like, <laughs> you know, he had a little gut or whatever, but, like, how can you fault him for, like, eating good when he can still kick that much butt? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the way that it the man still moves and, like, I just want to say, like, for me, I think it was a little bit of symbolism. And then I want to move on to what you guys thought about all of that that I just mentioned. I think it was a little bit of symbolism to say in a way, because they could have changed the armor size to, like, not accentuate that so much. I think yeah. it was the way to say that the armor still doesn't quite fit the way that it used to. For me, I think just like in the subtle way that they had Cobb Vanth completely not fitting in, in the Boba Fett armor yeah. at all. I was just I about think, to say that. Yeah, I think that was a point that they're trying to make. I'm not saying that they're going to necessarily change this, but if you watch like the Disney Gallery documentary with John Favreau and the rest of the creators, there's a lot of subtle things like that that they throw in just to make a small point. Um, yeah. So, what did you guys think of like the 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 best combat moments for Boba Fett or Din Djarin or Fennec Shand? And, you know, what did you think about Tamora Morrison just, like, you know, being a normal human being and just, like, being a, a badass with a dad bod? Like, what did you guys think of those moments in this episode? I'm just a simple man looking to make his, his way, way throughout, throughout the, universe. the universe. Like, like my, my father, father before, before me. me. He so just changed that last line, right? Because I think Django said galaxy and not universe. And he also added the father before me, which is, like, a, a great little callback to Luke. Yeah. Speaking about Darth Vader. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Uh huh. And again, Tamora Morrison knocked it out of the park with the delivery. I think. Yep. Yeah. What else? What What did you guys think, um, Eli? What did you think about some of the of your favorite combat moments? Because, like, I guess just to to give the context again, what happens? You know, is he's trying to get Boba Fett's trying to get his armor back, and that's the initial conflict. That's why he followed and tracked Din Djarin to this planet. And Fennec Shand actually is is assisting him in getting his armor back. So at first, you know, in the episode, Boba Fett and Fennec Shand are against Din Djarin. And then 
you know, the stormtroopers come, they realize they're all on the same side and they, they you know, they kind of come together as a crew in order to help defend baby Yoda, Grogu, who's on the seeing stone from Imperial troops, right? Let's just make sure we have all the context in Imperial troops um, and, you know, Moff Gideon who tracked them to this planet, right? So that's why all this combat is taking place for any, you know, if you've seen the episode, you understand that. So, yeah, like, long story short, though, like, what did you think of the combat in this episode, Eli? And, like, what did you think of seeing Tamor Morrison just, like, be a guy, man? Just, like, rock it and just kick butt with the, with the dad bod. I mean, <laughs> it was just, just completely awesome. Yeah. There's no other word for it because it was, it was so brutal with all the yes. uh, different fighting they had and it really just here's yeah um the rocket gut punch oh yeah i forgot about that wait wait, wait. The stormtrooper getting freaking yeah. uppercut yeah, and then the, in the gut him wasn't that his flamethrower yeah one one of the one of the things it was yeah, yeah it was so went flying though <laughs> yeah but i'm just saying this uh did it not seem a little bit fan made it seemed what? like a fan made movie. Eh, it was okay. You know the 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 thing about it is that the, why do you say that? I'm just curious. But go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Walt. Finish your point. No, no, no. Let let, let 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 him let him let well, him. That's, that's going off the topic of like combat, but I just wanted to bring this up because mm-hmm. it it really felt like it, and like how they did like the all the fan service is is no, that like what the, you're looking for? You know it, how. It's like the stormtrooper fights between like, you know, I forget what I said, but even so. No, no, no. Like, I'm curious. I am curious. Unless you thought of it better and you don't believe that's the case. Why did it feel like a fan film? Was it the production value? Was it again, like what Walt said? Well, Walt said it was fan service. You said that's not really it. What is it? What is it that felt like that? You know what I mean? Like. And, you know, if, if it's just a feeling, that's okay. You don't have to, like, articulate it any further. Yeah, but, like, it's just what aspect of it? Is there any aspect of it that made it feel like a fan film to you, the combat? No, no. It's just a feeling. It was just All a right. feeling. Okay. Maybe, okay. maybe, like, maybe, like I said, maybe it's, it's like, this huge fan service for Boba Fett that everything was just, like, well, or maybe not. So, um. I thought it was necessary fan service. Yeah, yeah same yeah. here. <laughs> Go ahead, Walt. The, the the thing about it is that Boba being on Tatooine, I would tend to think that he would ha- either he's rocking some awesome uh, sunblock. The man is extremely pale from being on Tatooine. You know what I'm saying? He was like he that's had like true. that milky whiteness, and I, and I guess that's kind of to show. Yeah, that's lack, right. Exactly. I think that was meant to show. You know how. How difficult. I would have liked to have gotten. Um, well, actually, you know what? I, t- I take that back because I'm pretty sure within these next couple episodes, they're going to build more on, you know, Boba Fett and how he escaped and, and what he's been doing and stuff. So, you know what? I, I take that back. I think it was a, a really good way of introducing him. And like I said, seeing him and Fennec Shan work together, and Fennec Shan was just. Super, super boss. I mean, you know, she's going around headshotting everybody. You know, there was the the little 
the little point where she's running off the cliff and turns around and yeah. you know it it's kind of been shoots backwards yeah it's kind of been done many many times but for whatever reason it, it looked really cool seeing yeah. her do it you know i think she has a cool outfit i think that's part of it i like her outfit it's pretty dope yeah. and that rifle yeah. is pretty cool too you know mm-hmm. what just to expand on that, that's probably what made me feel like it was fan made because a lot of the stuff that was done here was probably done before, and it felt mm, almost familiar. Okay, okay, that I can understand. It's true. There's so, there were some aspects of the action, especially with Fennec Shand, like Walt said, that were a little cliche. It was still cool though. I think like sometimes a little cliche yeah. can can be pretty cool regardless. Yeah, it it was kind of weird because as I was watching the movie, it kind of reminded me of Battlefront. Star Wars Battlefront yeah. the because movie. there's no yeah the, no the there's like a a lot an, of the designs are inspired yeah definitely yeah because there is there is in the first new Star Wars Battlefront I'm not talking about the old one that was on like the original Xbox and stuff the current gen ones or the, the current gen, gen ones not the 360 ones I think right yeah no, the original Xbox there's actually like a a map where um. You have you're you're getting overrun by stormtroopers in almost the exact same position, the exact same setting, you know. And so I'm like, oh wow, we're actually watching Battlefront in live action, <laughs> you know. So, it, but it was cool. I, it's not a, a criticism. I have a couple of criticisms of the episode, but um, oh. that's not one of them. Okay, let's let's talk about a couple of criticisms actually, yes, and then we'll please. can return to some things, but. I was I wanted to ask you AJ cuz I have a couple of things that I wanted to talk about that I didn't necessarily understand the choices that they made in the episode and I have one criticism for a moment that was just kind of pointless that they kept doing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh so for me yeah. I'll say that the one pointless moment that like kind of <laughs> took me out of the episode a couple of times is Din Djarin repeatedly trying to break through that like force barrier that was yep. around Grogu. Totally agree with that one. To, like grab him and be like oh we got to go kid we got to go like they're trying to kill us. And like he did it like what like four times, and he just got launched backwards. And each time he was just like, "Oh, okay, well, you know, I'll just protect you now." It was just like, "Have you not realized that you're not getting through there, bro? Just wait on top of the freaking mountain." And he got like, knocked out at one point, didn't he? Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he got knocked out by getting launched by the, yeah. the force from Baby Yoda reaching out through the force. I got, by the way, I'm, keep a note on that because I want to talk about the implication of Baby Yoda reaching out in the force in that way later because I have a theory. Um, so that moment to me was kind of a, a like a wasted moment, especially in a short episode. They could have done something more interesting and more fun with that because I think they were trying to show like, how you know, in a heavy handed way, in ways that they also did in the previous episode. And in this episode, they were trying to show how desperate Din Djarin, like cares for Grogu. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, but it, yeah, but it wasn't you could have done it better. You could have done it better. And the other moment, and you guys can talk about that, but the other moment I wanted to to mention, and this is to me, I don't want to say it's a plot hole, but I need to, I need, I think, some clarification on this. And I've I've trusted the show to do this so far um, because you know I thought I felt that the filler episodes and some of those details were going to come back, and some of them have. So here's my question to you guys and what you thought about this moment and what they're going to do about it. Why did Boba Fett not take his armor back a long time ago? Why did he wait until now? Yep. That's something that I don't understand. Uh, AJ, what did you think? What do you think about those two points? And then, you know, what, what were your kind of similar thoughts on other aspects of the episode? 
So on the note of him repeatedly bashing his brains in trying to break <laughs> through a force barrier, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really mind that too much because, again, it shows his devotion to Grogu. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, looking back at it, it does seem kind of, you know, there are more pressing uh, issues at the moment, like the like the squads of stormtroopers raining down. Yeah. <laughs> and leaving him unguarded, especially with what happens at the end, which I do kind of have a problem with. Yeah, I'll that get to that. Me also. Yeah, they, they set yeah. that up in a strange way. With I think, yeah, that this was kind of setting it up, like you said. Like that moment yeah. trying to keep going back was setting up him leaving Baby Yoda alone. And also the jetpack moment in the episode. Let's not forget. Uh, let's mention yeah, why that didn't real he quick. get why didn't he get the rising phoenix back? Yeah, because uh, as he's going episode, up the mountain. Right? They all well, say, let's drop our weapons. Boba Fett says, let's drop our weapons. And he tells Mando to drop the Rising Phoenix to take it off and put it down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what uh, AJ, like, what about that moment? Like, what did you think about that, I guess, in relation to how they set up the episode? I mean, I think it was smart of them to, I guess, put pressure on Din. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like he should have remembered, oh, well, hey, those things are coming down from the sky maybe I should go get my rising Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. But yeah. well, I, I, I think you can make the case that, you know, because you had the dark troopers coming, coming down, um, which by the way, awesome. That was until the end though. That wasn't. I actually, no, no, I, I know, but you, yeah, go ahead. you maybe figured that, you know, the rising Phoenix was kind of like an afterthought at that point, because you did have this. Oh, so let's go back to the stormtroopers. You had wave after wave of stormtroopers. Maybe he felt that he didn't have enough time to get back to the rising stuff, the rising phoenix, without you know, kind of putting everybody in danger. Boba um, Fett sure did. Well, yeah, <laughs> he didn't I know, have his armor, and he just he, saw he it. He just didn't care. He was like, later. He was like, I'm taking that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, which again probably shows the level of um, experience and, and confidence that both of these characters have, you know, um, because yeah. you know, as as we've seen throughout these these two seasons, the man the Mandalorian is kind of green, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Where mm-hmm. you have Boba Fett, who's experienced, that said, you know what, Fennec Shan can take care of himself or herself. Let me go get my armor. Whereas Mando is kind of like, ah, you know what, I got to stay here and help because she's not going to be able to do it on her own. Um, in terms of when the dark troopers were coming down from the sky, which was a, a great, you know, uh, sequence. Um, and it kind of reminded me of Iron Man 2 with all the, the armors and yeah. things coming around. Yeah, I agree. Um, but the thing that annoyed me was that slow crawl to the top, you know, with, with yeah. them rushing. And again, there is another instance where he probably thought it would waste more time for me to go get the Rising Phoenix instead of me just making a direct line straight to the top. Oh, you mean I, you, know, you mean Mando and and Fennec running up to the top to try to get? Oh, th- that was that yeah. was just that was to me. I'm gonna use um one of Eli's things. That was kind of cringy and corny because mm-hmm. you know, first of all, why did you, well you know what? It's kind of a theme with him. He leaves uh, Baby Yoda, Grogu. At the wrong times. At the wrong yeah. times. And he leaves him with anybody. And in this case, he left he left him by himself, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of a running theme with him. But it's just like, you know that they're there for him. Why would you even walk away at that point? 
Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, you get everybody to the top of that damn thing, and you you fight, you know? and, and you, you defend that position. Listen, he's got the to use a a, a Star Wars term. He's got the high ground. You know, he can yeah. defend that place much more easily. Why would you even think of leaving? I that that to me was probably the biggest gripe that I had with the episode because again, he does dumb things for the purposes of the story and it's just like why would you even think about that you know that they're there for him mm-hmm. why would you leave you know that's yeah. that's just my thought on that that definitely wasn't the smartest the smartest thing that he did in the episode for sure to speak on the boba not finding his armor until now yeah well I'm curious. i mean i it's been years right i mean see here's the thing Back when he was a dope, I could reconcile that he couldn't track it down. But now that I've seen what a not dope he is, I yeah. don't know. But like, why wouldn't it wasn't like Cobb Vanth was hiding it. He yeah, hiding that's, that's the it, other know? thing, too. I think we're going to get a reason, because, again, I'm trusting this show. It has paid off with some of the moments that seemed small last season. Even, like, even the return of Fennec Shand and, like, Boba Fett, you know, as we now know, you know, helping her back to health or like you know watching over her in the first season things are paying off i guess but um i'm i'm really i think that's going to be a plot hole if they don't explain why boba fett took it earlier i think they will i guess we'll see what happens okay so the other problem that i had Mm -hmm. i'm sorry but i absolutely detested the dark trooper scene because it felt too much It felt too much like an Iron Man thing. It, all I all I could all I could think of at that moment was, oh hey look, Ultron prototypes. Like yeah, it's like Armor Wars. Yeah, I mean maybe if you had them drop in less, uh, I don't know. To or me, they, or if they did that something, felt if they actually cringy. attacked a little instead of just grabbing. Not even that. If they came in drop pods, I don't care. I would have found that better, but not. Like flying in like freaking Ultron style, because that to me is like oh, it's just no. Well, you're not the only one because I, you know, I'm I'm on a couple of um, groups on Facebook when it comes to Star Wars, and mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that didn't like not only the entrance of the Dark Troopers but the design of the Dark Troopers. Okay, that's um, one thing I'll hold off on. I did like the way they looked. Yeah, yeah that, me but too. there's a there's a lot of people that don't. They they were like, you know, why why are we having? They, I've seen some people saying, you know, they're just a, a an upgraded version of the Death Troopers. And, you know, how many times are we gonna continue to kind of upscale storm stormtroopers? You know, <laughs> it's always. Uh, always a better version. I mean, we went from from clone troopers to Republic commando troopers to stormtroopers to you know, <laughs> uh, captains and and lieutenants and sand and snow. Yeah. And, you know, there's always another variation of the stormtroopers, and I think a lot of people were were kind of put off. It was like, okay, do we really need this? You know, and and I think the other thing that people were put off is that these aren't actual. Um, well, people in the the armor, they're yeah. more, you know, super battle droids yeah. type of thing, and I think a lot of people weren't on board with that either. Well, you know, a- yeah, Eli, I'll make let you make a point in a second. I just want to say this really quickly because I saw 
I, I enjoy watching uh, Screen Crush, the YouTube channel, and they were talking about this episode, and they made a point that was fun, kind of funny to me, and it's true because the clone troopers and the stormtroopers replaced droids, right? They were supposed to be better than droids. They were supposed yeah. to replace the droid armies. But now it's full circle. The droids are now replacing the troop, the human troopers again. And the robot dark troopers are like, I guess, you know, they replaced the droid armies because they were obsolete and terrible. And I mean, I guess it's some time has passed in the technology, but now they're like, oh, we can replace the human armies with these droids now. Yeah. Uh, it came kind of in a weird way, full circle. So yeah, Eli, Eli, I'm sorry. You were going to make a point, I believe, about the dark troopers. Yeah. Uh, maybe your opinion on it. Why don't you tell us what you thought about that? See, it's just a small gripe, but like mm-hmm. the whole thing where when they drop down, first off, I know this is like not even that big, but why why were they taking so long? Like they were walking so slowly. So why would you have droids, <laughs> right? And how did Mando not yeah. even get up there in time? Again, I t- it's a steep incline. <laughs> no, it wasn't steep. It was, no, but, but it was I mean, he's that, talking about when the dark troopers surrounded Grogu. Oh, yeah. and then but I'm talking slowly about walking. I'm talking about actually up. going up the mountain. Yeah, but even that was no, a no, steep incline. Yeah, yeah, but he's talking, he's talking about, about the dark landing, very much like Lord of the Rings style with yeah, the, with the, <laughs> yeah, the Nazgul and slowly walking to the center. Yeah, I have, yeah, half expected Legolas to come out and save. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> To like you know, jump up Ar- and start chopping Ar- at them, Ar- like, Aragorn with the the flaming. Uh, yeah, sorry, Aragorn, yeah, like exactly. <laughs> And that's another thing. If you were gonna show the dark troopers, I would have much preferred to see them in actual action, not retrieval. Well, yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah. I would have loved to see yeah. at least a brief fight, maybe to show. Maybe like a brief fight where they why are these things dangerous? Where they wreck Fennec Shand and they Mm -hmm. wreck Mando and maybe even wreck Boba Fett. You know, like he was in the Slave One flying, so I don't know if I would want them to shoot down Slave One after another moment in this episode. But like, yeah, like a moment where it showed how dangerous they are. Besides just you know Moff Gideon like glaring and saying like Dark Troopers (laughs) would have been cool. I I agree with that for sure. They they didn't even seem like they didn't even seem dangerous at all, other than their design. Because they're if so you think slow. about it, yeah, they're so slow. What <laughs> yeah. are they gonna do on the battlefield if they can't get to? They really remind me enough? of Terminators. Yeah, yeah, a little even bit. The Terminators were fast enough. Yeah, no, T eight hundreds were actually pretty much as fast as them. Oh well, you're talking about a specific model, but the models after that were pretty quick. Oh, well, I you mean, know. of course, as yeah. the as the engineering. So you, mean, you mean the T eight hundred model yeah. specifically? I'm talking about oh, the T eight hundred model. Yeah, Schwarzenegger in every movie. I'm basically. not talking about like the N, like the newest, the newest T-1000 ones, and, and yeah, you know all that one hundred one. Those those are different. That, that's a whole different ballpark. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's true. I got I kind of got vibes of that as well. I got yeah, Nazgul, Aragorn, Lord of the Rings, and a little bit Terminator vibes from yeah. that too. You Which does make everything more intimidating, the Terminator vibe, a little bit. Yeah, but you know what? The, to to their point, um, it seems like Moff Gideon has an entire squadron of them. You know, he, you could have yeah. probably dropped four to pick up Grogu and then dropped another four to kind of... To kill you everybody. Know, <laughs> exactly, you know? So it's not like unless... Oh. Are you saying that these are the only four that's available at this point? You know, the, I the think other ones, that was more strategy... Like I, I, if it if it was me, 
I'd rather send in the dumb klutzes to distract the guys down below while I get the yeah, real prize with yeah, the things I can count at this on. Point? Yeah. Yeah, he was Bobo still sending Fett. more because you had the one. Okay, they went down. Then you had the other. Okay, that's more suppression. Right, I know, but Boba Fett blasted both of them out of the sky by the time that these guys came in, didn't they? Well, I, mean, what, I uh, guess. But yeah, yeah, they, yeah. So I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is, it feels like these these things are like a last resort, is what I'm saying. Okay. Like, you don't necessarily want to put them out there, so, you know, well, oh, well, what if they know how to deal with them by the time they send them out? They you know? might be also too expensive, and, you know, the Empire yep. being on a budget. That, too. <laughs> so Well, if anything, though, like, you figure, like, Moff Gideon, at least in my eyes, would try to kill Mando. This guy's been the thorn in his side. He's the one who's been keeping Grogu away from him all this time. Yeah. And he's yeah. gotten him back from him. He's, he's taken him from him twice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you figure if you're if you're Moff Gideon, you just be like, just please kill this guy. I'm so sick of him. Yeah. So, so I, a, an action sequence where maybe like, you know, they sent maybe a couple of dark troopers, maybe the four like take Grogu and then like two of them are like, all right, you guys stay behind and then like kill them. There you go. And like a struggle maybe where like, you know, those two are almost able to take out Fennec Shand and Boba and Din to show how dangerous they are. But, you know, Din somehow and them, they somehow win. But again, you still see how dangerous these troopers are. They're not stormtroopers. They're not, you know, any other kind of troopers that are fodder. That would have been, I think, a slightly better way to, to complete that at the end. I don't know if yeah. you know. And, and before we continue, can we have a moment of silence for the Razor Crest? Yes, yeah. I was going to say that. Speaking of killing that off was, characters. That, tragedy. Was, <laughs> that was devastating in of yes. itself, you know. It was, for, dude. For it just I was being a so, shit. I was falling in love with the Razor Crest. Yeah, so was I, you know. And and for it just being a ship, but you know what? You know how important ships are in Star in the Star Wars lexicon, you know. Yep. Um it'll and, be like the Millennium Falcon getting blown up right in front of Hans. Yeah, it it was I, I'm surprised at how upset I was when we saw the thing get blown up, you know. Yeah. It was it was sad, dude. It was like, damn. Now I know why this episode is called a tragedy. You know, besides the on group, many levels, and, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that was a tragedy as well. But like, this was like almost. I, I figured something or somebody was gonna die, and something did. You know, which mm-hmm. is a moment of silence for the Razor Crest. I hope we see it again somehow. I hope it gets rebuilt, or he do gets hope- a, like, a cooler ship. That's that's an homage to the Razor Crest. Do we do kind of like in uh, the Walking Dead in memoriams for the stormtroopers, or can we, <laughs> do we just move on? <laughs> I, I'm, we're gonna play some Sarah McLaughlin uh, while we like show an introspective oh. of all the dead stormtroopers. Speaking of stormtroopers getting messed up, <laughs> I really like what they did at the very end, which, where which Moff one? Gideon is going to see Grogu. Oh yeah, he walks in oh, on yeah, him just completely <laughs> throwing them around like ragdolls. That was right. great. So like, cool. Let's get to that because then you know we have the moment at the end of the episode or just before that in the episode. You know, um, Grogu is kidnapped by the Dark Troopers. As we, as we mentioned, they fly back up to Moff Gideon's cruiser. Uh, Boba Fett follows them in the Slave One. Initially, he's going to, like, try to get your Baby Yoda back. But Mando, of course, warns him, like, don't shoot the Dark Troopers down. You could hurt Baby Yoda. And Boba Fett, you know, refrains from from shooting at the Dark Troopers. He does a, what he calls a loose follow. 
and yeah. he sees that the Empire is back, which is a I big sticking point for him. That was a cool moment, right? I, I like how, um, just just before we move on that, I like how Boba Fett kind of like pledged and, and you could see the honor that he has because he said, you know what? Well, I guess we're, Mando goes to him. I guess we're parting ways. He was like, eh, not quite yet because I still haven't held up my end of the deal. Yeah, you know? it shows. It shows. It's a good way also to to that moment for me to really drive the point home. The point that's been kind of a point of contention for fans is Boba Fett is Django. Are they Mandalorians? And we definitely get confirmation that they are Mandalorians in this episode. As a matter of fact, we find out that Django was a foundling, just like mm-hmm. Din Djarin was. Right and and fought in something called the Mandalorian Civil War, which we have not seen yet. Yep, yep. Which so which get, is interesting. We get those confirmations finally of like some clarification on who Boba is, yeah, who Django is, and and just for and just cool. for the fans, um, the Mandalorian Civil War that we saw in Rebels with the siege of Mandalore and all that stuff, that is not the one that he's referring to. He's referring to another civil war. Mm-hmm. So just just to make the point of clarification in case anybody says, oh, well, we've seen it in Rebels before. We actually really haven't because this is a different one that he's talking about because the one in Rebels, Django was already dead by that time. This is a different civil war. Right. That, that was him fighting about. in a civil war in Rebels. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Boba himself, which is... Right. is that, no, that, that, is, that is canon, right? That, would, that is canon, yes. Yes. So there's more to explore when it comes to, when it comes to that. For sure. Which I, I'm sure they put that in there for a reason, yeah. aka Boba Fett series. Yeah, 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 probably right. That's the yeah. that's the rumor. The Boba Fett spinoff is one, and the Ahsoka Tano Bo Katan spinoff is another thing that's being bandied about right now. Yep. Uh, as well as the Obi Wan spinoff. I feel like you could tie all of those together into one huge story, which is yeah. this is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exciting because Obi Wan is supposed to start filming very, very soon. Hello there. Ooh. I can't wait to hear you and McGregor say that again. Hello there. Yeah, wait, that's like when, his catchphrase. <laughs> when does it take place? Um, the Obi Wan. That's probably Obi-Wan. taking Obi-Wan. place before Obi-Wan. Episode Four. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably be the time when he's watching over Luke. Wait, yeah. so Maul? I'm not. Probably more, yeah, because remember, Maul did happen. Now, the only thing I would say is that we've already seen what happens to Maul in the in the animated show, yeah, so I maybe. don't know if maybe they'll they'll revisit that. They'll probably have um, moments if they have the, all yeah. three of those shows. They'll probably involve him somehow. Well, in a small way, maybe it's maybe it's a flashback as to you know, oh, remember the time where I finally killed Darth Maul. You know? Or maybe they'll explain what the heck they were trying to do in Solo. Because remember, they had that post-credit scene where we get the return of Maul briefly. That is, that is true too. So there's yeah, there's, some, there's some things that you can do there. But the problem I don't think is so though because Darth Maul didn't even know about Obi Wan there, and Obi Wan mm-hmm. couldn't care less. But you you can you can make the case that it's from it's the time period from Solo up until New Hope. But the pro- the only problem with that thinking is I believe that Obi-Wan is only a limited series. I, I know they've they've um, confirmed for season one, but when people ask them about season two, they are very less committal. You know, they're more non-committal with that one. So I don't know if we would get a season two. And I think if you're going to tell that story, it's kind of expansive. 
So you may need multiple seasons to tell it. So that's the only thing I would say on that, you know. Okay, okay. Fair, fair enough. All right, so let's move on, I guess, real quick. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, before we get the moment of that, that uh, AJ was talking about with Grogu tossing stormtroopers around, we do have to mention briefly um, that after Boba Fett, with his honor, offers to help uh, Mando find find uh, Grogu with yep. the help of Fennec Shand as well. Again, oh awesome God. moment. We have uh, we have Mando return to Navarro briefly. He goes to see Cara Dune, and we find out there um, that they're going to bust out that that Mando's oh, yeah. plan, I should say, is he's going to bust out. This is again. Remember, I told I you guys about that. Episodes were going to come back, man. I told you they were going to come back. I knew it. They're going to bust out Bill Burr, who appeared in last season. His character appeared in last season. His name is Miggs something. I'm sorry if it's I'm blanking. Mayfield. Miggs Mayfield. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So he's in prison for like what he did last season with Mando, breaking out that other guy and like killing the new Republic officer, which also came back earlier in this season. Um, when Mando was released by New Republic soldiers because they found out he tried to save that New Republic officer from Miggs Mayfield and the rest of the crew, right? But we get that moment where he, he tells Cara Dune, like, I need your help. I need to get to this guy. He's, he, he's former Empire, Miggs Mayfield, so he figures that Miggs can help him find Moff Gideon, right? Yep. So we get that return. Um, and by the way, the I don't know if you guys saw, this is a really mm-hmm. quick thing, might be an Easter egg, or might come back. Um, the Simon Pegg's favorite collaborator, Nick Frost, the actor Nick Frost. Yes, I believe he was one of the pictures. In really, in yeah. Look at it again. Um, it's not confirmed, but one of the pictures very much looks like Nick Frost. And you know, you know, Simon Pegg has already been involved in Star Wars. He was in The Force Awakens. Yep. Again, they're longtime collaborators. I imagine he's as big of a Star Wars fan as Simon Pegg is. Listen, everybody so gets we'll thrown into Star Wars lately. Yeah, I, I love that, honestly. I really mm-hmm. love that Like Star Wars has taken the time. And John Favreau, you know, I just want to mention real quick, for anybody that's really enjoying this show, definitely watch the Disney Gallery documentaries with John Favreau and Bryce Dallas Howard, Rick uh, Fukuyawa, all the directors, all the actors. There's some great, great commentary, some great background information about, about the entire show. Um. You know, so it's definitely something worth checking out. But let's, yeah, let's get to the the moments at the end. That is, oh my God, it's heartbreaking to watch. It's funny at a moment, but it's heartbreaking. You know, baby Grogu is in custody. Uh, Moff Gideon goes to check in on his prisoner. And as as AJ mentioned, actually AJ, why don't you uh, why don't you set the scene for us since this is one of your favorite moments of the episode? You have Moff Gideon enter in while Baby Grogu is chucking stormtroopers around, right? So what do we have that happens in this particular scene? So you know he he's flinging guys around, you know, <laughs> ah, and then he finally claps it off with bringing them both together and smashing their faces. <laughs> And he kind of just limps down because, you know, he he starts getting tired because, you know, Gray. Moff Gideon oh. goes, oh, well, you're pretty good at this. But, you know, I notice he leaves you pretty tuckered out. And Grogu goes to do a thing, but he's like, uh-uh-uh, no, no, no. And he flashes <laughs> the Darksaber and he's like, hey, you know, since you're pretty good at this, you might, you might like one of these. Uh, but you know what? 
<laughs> this is for the big boys. Nah. <laughs> I, I think I should hold on to this. <laughs> and then he asks one of the stormtroopers to like stun him, and that kind of like, I, 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 ouch. Can that, I? S- that kind of hurt to see. Oh, it was cool to see the stun feature return from yeah. from uh, a new hope. The last time we saw that, I think, was uh, Princess Leia getting stunned by that. But Baby Yoda's like expressions in that whole scene, like, kind of broke my heart because he was so tough with the stormtroopers. But then, you know, he tried to be tough with Moff Gideon. But then I think, and I don't know if 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 what you guys think of this moment, but when he sees the dark saber, he's afraid, right? Like, there's fear, and he's like shaking. And I know he's trying to get the dark saber away from Moff Gideon too, using the Force. But you see, like, how afraid he is in that moment. He's seen that thing before. Whether he's seen a, a lightsaber or maybe even the darksaber specifically. I don't know if that's going to happen. No, no, I don't think, no. Probably not. But maybe. there was some recognition there. And, yeah, like, again, that whole scene, like, kind of kind of broke my heart to see that happen to Baby Grogu. What did, what did you think of, of that whole scene, Eli, at the end and the implications of it? See... Yeah, it was really heartbreaking, but I have a theory, and maybe Grogu might be going. I don't know. I don't know. Cause he, yeah, go ahead. Not... No, no, no. Your theories have been good in the past. Don't you be shy about them. What, would his... This is what a... would his name be? Darth oh, God. Grogu. No. <laughs> yeah. You know you guys like that theory. No, that is... Yeah, I'm sorry. But... That's absurd. See, the thing it's is, not yeah, it's not. I, I, no, I, I get it, but like, come on, he's, it's he's a little shown bit flashes of the dark side. Yes, yeah, it's a little bit outlandish. Real. And Ahsoka even said it herself. I don't know what she meant by that, but maybe she said choose her, choose his path. He's yeah. not exactly a Jedi. He's not exactly light. He's not exactly um. Uh, and she did mention. She didn't mention the dark. The dark thoughts, or, or something like that. I can't remember fear. her exact yeah. phrase. You know, the whole fear, fear to the dark side, yeah. and anger. Yeah. I sense much fear in you. So yeah, and the, there's like that dark period that she she spoke about, or you know something like that that he he had. So we don't know exactly what she meant by that either. Yeah. I'm not exactly saying that he's gonna go to the dark side, but I'm just saying there's chance. If not, then I highly, I highly, uh, no, I really think that he might be a great Jedi. I agree, though. I actually agree. You know why? I don't agree for any other reason than, and I hate to say this, but my prediction is the show has to end in tragedy. It's not going to be a happy ending. How can it be a happy ending if the First Order comes to power after this, you know? Like, it's going to end in a bad way. And maybe, sadly, it's going to end with Grogu going to the dark side and Mando and others having to face him. Snow. I think it's leading there too, but yes, my guy. See. Before he was made into a, before he got boba, stunt double. Oh god, he got boba, bro. He got boba. It was like not, this that's not this even guy. what I'm concerned. That, I mean, yes, that's <laughs> no, a problem, but I, I don't mauled. like. Yeah, he, he he mainly got mauled, cut in half. I really I just don't like how they made him strange. a stunt double yeah. for, for the emperor. I, I, was, yeah. I wasn't completely okay. He's with just that. a stand-in. <laughs> It's true, but yeah, I think it might be leading that way. It's possible, but I yeah. still, man, I wish uh, I'm not even gonna go into that. <laughs> into well, I'm not gonna force you into it, but 
I'm, I'm just... I really liked the idea that he could have been Darth Plagueis and just been a, rem- a remnant of the, the Phantom Menace, whole the whole plot. I wanted that, but. too. I think a lot of fans wanted that. I think that would have been a cool way to be like, oh, man, there's a villain even more dangerous than Palpatine in this. And then you could have even brought Palpatine back in a different way, but had Snoke be more impactful and make the whole story better. But we, oh, my God, we can't get into the Rise of Skywalker now. We're going to be. Yeah, let's let's not. All I'm going to say is this. <laughs> this watching the show only makes me sadder that Favreau and Filoni wasn't involved in the sequel trilogy. That's all I'm going to say. I think that the last two episodes are the best thing we've seen Star Wars in years. The last three episodes, as a matter of fact, honestly, because for me, they've been amazing. I'm like, I get this. I've gotten the feeling of Star Wars from those last two episodes. Like the moment when Ahsoka is having her conversation about Anakin, I got chills. I got feels like Star Wars feels. In this episode, you know, all the moments with Grogu, Boba Fett returning, I got total Star Wars feels. And the last time I felt that was early on in The Force Awakens. That's it. That's the last time. Because The Force Awakens was pretty good. And I, for me, the moment in The Force Awakens was when we meet Rey and we see her like in the Star Destroyer remains and like going through all the remains of all these things. To me, that was a very Star Wars moment. The music, the setting. I had a feeling of Star Wars there. But I haven't Dude. felt that since. What about the last season of uh, Clone Wars or whatever? Oh, see, like I'm a bla- I'm a blasphemer. I still have to catch up on all of that. So, <sighs> but that's that's oh, well, that's right. Clone Wars came out after the most recent movies. That's true. So, yeah. I have a lot of catching up to do. But at, at least in live action, this was yeah. the first time in a while that I felt like that that kid nostalgia of watching Star Wars. Yeah, you know. What I mean, what do you guys think of the last couple of episodes? And then I maybe... just now realized this. Yeah, what's up? I think we're gonna have a, and I can't believe I didn't see it before. I feel like a moron. And the last thing Mando is able to salvage from the wreckage, or rather, I should say, the ashes oh, yeah. of the Razor Crest, are not only the little ball. He gets that spear, and it's yeah. just now clicked that weight. That's made of Beskar. We're going to have a face-off between Gideon and Mando with oh, yeah. that freaking spear. It's going to be yeah. awesome. That's why yeah. they did that with uh, with the Magistrate. Right? <laughs> they, they demonstrated how powerful Beskar can be, even against lightsabers or darksabers. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's the other thing. The darksaber saber is heavier. That might actually that has a chance of cutting that thing in half if done right. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting fight. And I, think, and I can't it, wait to see the context, especially related to the larger Mandalorian battles and like the dark saber being um, a Mandalorian kind of heirloom for the for the ruler. That's all going to be really interesting. Like, man, yeah. is Mando going to become the ruler of freaking Mandalore? Like, certainly could go that way if he if he has a final conflict for the dark saber. I think Bo Katan is going to put him in conflict gonna, with. Yeah, Bo Katan is going to have something to say about that. That's true, you know? but. Might be interesting. Maybe not yeah. though. The the one thing that that you know, uh, the one last little gripe, and it's it's really a micro gripe, is, is that this episode could have served as a series finale, the way that they ended it up. You know. Yeah, um, I was gonna or a season finale. A right? season finale. Yes, I'm sorry. And you know, if anything, 
I, I think the writing's on the wall for Moff Gideon. He's not surviving season two. I think, you don't think so? I, no, I We're going to find out who the, the greater villain is. Well, maybe Grand Anvil Thrawn, right? Yeah, I, I think I think the writing is on the wall for that because it's they're setting up a showdown between Mando and Moff Gideon. Yeah, he um, can't survive again. Yeah, right? exactly. So <laughs> I, I think and, and that's kind of that's kind of disappointing in, in from for me because Moff Gideon has not really played a huge role. Um, he's kind of like bounced in and out of these episodes, so we still don't know a hell of a lot about him. And and you know, if if it does happen, and listen, my prediction has hasn't really worked out because I thought that they were going to end up on Tython at the very end of this se- this season, mm-hmm. um, and that got blown up like less than an episode going in, right? But you know, it, it just it just seems like uh, Moff Gideon's kind of on borrowed time right now and you know we've got two more episodes to see him which is a shame because i love the actor and i would have liked to seen a little bit more of the character so um like i said and listen i could be wrong i've been wrong before but that's the way it feels like to me you know what i actually we can get into our final thoughts for this these episodes yep after this but i okay i get a sneaking suspicion that you might not be correct here okay. because I hope what, I'm wrong. What I'm thinking is going to happen is it's going to be kind of like similar to last season in a way, but I think the stakes are going to get raised somehow. I think he's going to have to involve people like Bo-Katan and Ahsoka Tano in retrieving Grogu because what I think is going to happen, and I don't know who it's going to be, but I have a theory. Um, I think that they're going to lose. I think they're going to find Moff Gideon. They're going to try to get Rogu back. I think they're going to lose, and I think he's going to kill someone. I think that someone's going to be Cara Dune. I get the feeling that she's going to die at the end of this season because they had they had a heavy focus on her arc and kind of returning to, to fight the Empire again. You can't kill off Grief Karga. His arc and his stakes aren't tied to this enough, but she's hugely tied to kind of like a way of... of wiping out the empire once and for all and like mm-hmm. legitimizing the new republic from the the remnants of the rebellion what i mean to me what better cliffhanger is there like than us all expecting that you know mando and boba fett and fennec shand and all of them win and get baby grogu back no i because you know what i've also kind of noted and you guys can tell me if you've noticed this as well season one was kind of like a new hope this season has kind of been like empire strikes back in That's a similar true. way. Yeah, it's yeah, hitting a lot of similar you notes. Put it that way. And that did not end well, right? Oh, <laughs> Empire God. Strikes Back did not end with them winning. Oh God. Well, so you know, I, I don't I, think they're gonna win. I don't I think w- they're I win. wish I wish Wolfie was here because um, Oh man, so I I, so I, could, I I can see a scenario where Boba Fett dies and listen, Mando oh. needs a ship. No. Right? If that happens, <laughs> oh, no. that would be that would be the ultimate insult to all Fed fans out there. That'd and you know what? It's, it's never gonna happen. That's why I said I wish Wolfie was here so I could Can't tease him that. with that. You know. Um, but listen, Mando needs a ship. He doesn't have a ship right now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Slave One is out there, so you know, weirder things have happened. I this file this under. It's never gonna happen. But I just want to put it out there to kind of poke at, at Wolfie a little bit on that? I think, and the, well, I guess my last, 
prediction related to that is I think what this is going to lead into, and again, these are all small predictions. You know, we have we have Eli yeah. with that great prediction about Grogu possibly turning to the dark side. Eli's got the best record so far. Yeah, I agree. It's a possibility. I agree. It's a strong possibility for sure. Maybe that'll even it, like pack factor into the conflict that I'm about to talk about. But like, I think where the show is really going is there's going to be a massive battle again between the New Republic and the remnants of the Empire. Um, and I think that's going to be something that's going to happen in season three. And it depends yeah. on how long this show goes. But again, like they're going to lose. They're not going to win. There's no happy ending here. Right. Because the, the first order rises to power and the new Republic loses. So then why would you why would you have them lose Grogu so early then? In you this know, season? What, yeah, in this season. What wouldn't that have better served, you know, that? you do that at the very end and leave it on a cliffhanger where the the team is in shambles you know you're you're mourning the loss of one of their comrades and you know Moff Gideon is is happily cackling away on his star destroyer with Grogu you know hyperspacing to someplace else he hasn't know? killed anyone yet that's why no 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 i know but that's what yeah, i'm saying I, why introduce the fact that you've lost Grogu so early wouldn't wouldn't that been a great cliffhanger to to end the season with i, I, I just think, i'm just saying you know, i actually yeah. think the cliffhanger is is we're gonna find out who grogu reached out to i think that's gonna be the cliffhanger of the season or not the cliffhanger but the like we'll see like oh and you know that actually oh, yeah because yeah, he did be stop as if he got into contact with someone yes yeah we so don't know i think that's gonna be the big cliffhanger of the end of the season we're gonna find out who it is and Maybe, maybe he, that person will reveal themselves to Mando and the crew and be like, "Hey, I saw you guys lost." Yeah. <laughs> wait, and this wait, guy wait. reached out to me, and like, "Yo, like I, got, I have my my obligation to help Grogu." You know, that's please, why. Please, please, please don't let it be Luke. Wait, wait. I, I, you know, as no. as much as I love, you know, the rumors of Sebastian Stan being Luke, and and I would love to see that. Please don't make it that Luke is the one that that answers the call. Make it somebody else. Again, expand the universe I a little think bit. More. I have an idea. I go, you go first. Okay, my main idea, my main theory mm-hmm. is Ahsoka Tano. Why? No, I he don't know why. No, no it can't be her because he was, oh, yeah, she yeah. told him to reach out to another yeah. Jedi. So it has to be because she's not. Well, a here's Jedi. who's alive, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Luke yeah. is alive. Cal Kestis is alive. Yaddle is probably alive. Uh, Ezra Bridger might yeah. be alive. Right, so these are yeah. some possibilities for who that Jedi is going to be. The See, other one, the other one, and this one is. Uh, and there's also um, I don't I don't wait, wait, believe. Wait, 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 wait. There's there's no. this one. I got to mention this wait. one, and then you can re- mention whatever you're going to say because this mm-hmm. is a theory that's being bandied about, and I think this would be kind of dope. What if Mace Windu returns? Yes, I know, but there's also one other Jedi um that could be because I don't think she died. That was um. The other Jedi that was helping Cal Kestis, which is her name was Siri something or other. I can't remember. She okay. might be another Jedi, but she had kind of shut herself off from the Force. Um, so I don't know what the, what the deal is. But the Mace Window thing has been gaining yeah. a lot of traction lately. That would be and, awesome, too, with and, his conflict with Boba. Yeah, and exactly. And uh, you got to remember also, Star Wars Theory, which was... which did the original Vader fan film on YouTube, which had a little controversy when Lucasfilm tried to take over that thing. Um, he was at work with a, a, on doing a Windu project, 
And so I think that kind of like opened a lot of eyes to the fact that maybe Mace Window is alive. And so now bring him back. We don't have a body for Mace Window. And we've seen we've seen how Star Wars loves to bring back people that you thought were dead. I mean, just look at this episode. Boba Fett was eaten by the Sarlacc. He's alive. The only thing that we know is that maybe uh, Mace Windu doesn't have an arm, and maybe he's got a, a robotic. Doesn't have a hand. Like a hand. Yeah. Oh, is a hand yeah. or an arm? More, more or less his hand. Okay, maybe it's a larger portion of his forearm. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. So he, you know, but. He can always come back. I I agree with you, and I think that would be yeah, a and better thing. We've seen thing. him leap from gigantic heights, and exactly. Like, like, I mean, from. not even that. Crazier <laughs> things have happened, like uh, <clears throat> getting uh, cut in half. You know, yeah, yeah, or the emperor returning from dying. Like, granted, it's different than we would expect it to happen for Mace Window. We we would expect that he didn't die. Probably. Listen, he was also, on Coruscant. We've we've seen how Coruscant is in terms of traffic. <laughs> that so, begs the question too. Like his was one of the voices at the end of the Rise of Skywalker, was it not? That spoke to Rey. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's the question too. What happens to him if he's not dead? What happens after that? But yeah, that's a, that's a theory too that I think is See, a big possible. That was. Do we get Sam Jackson? Yeah, of Sorry. course. You have to. No, I mean Sam Jackson would totally be game to do it. I think. Yeah. That was my second theory, but also, wasn't he the, wasn't he the one? What happened with uh, Mace Windu and Boba? I don't remember. Well, um, remember. I think oh, it's that more, is another it's, source of tension. Yeah, it's yeah. more, it's more Boba. Yeah, it's. I think it's more Boba than Mace Windu because Mace Windu will be like, "Yeah, I killed your dad," but Boba's so, gonna look at him and be like, "Dude, yeah. you killed my dad." See that? That was the reason why. Yeah. Some some theories I've seen are that that Boba Fett kills Mace Windu, which would be insane. But I don't know. Well, if that you can do that in season three. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. And that would definitely be like, oh my god, the Fett fans would go crazy if he like killed a Jedi, like after after getting killed, quote unquote, by one. But we'll and see. That that would be that would be an epic. Uh, fan fight because there's a lot of Fett fans out there, but there's a lot of Mace Windu fans out there also. I don't know who I would want to win either. I mean, I'm guessing Wolfie would want would want Fett to win, but I think he might even be slightly apprehensive to an extent too. Yeah, that's tough. Because Mace Windu is so popular and so cool, and we really would like to see more of him. Possibly, possibly, it would be I a tie, well. and it would be a big star to, to land for this show to get Sam Jackson to be on it. Like that would be a huge bump. And he's not adverse to showing up because he did show up on the first season of Agents of Shield, so he's he would. Yeah, I I think he he's would cool, definitely man. jump into that. <laughs> He'd like to have fun with it, I think. Yep, I, and he's a Star Wars fan, you know. It's like all these other people who just wanted to be in it and they didn't care how. And and I think he'd be the perfect age for it because it's been how long since um, Revenge of the Sith? Right, so. that's true. It's been like thirty years in canon or something, or forty years. Yep. Right. And not that Sam Jackson looks 30 or 40 years older, not that he is 30 or 40 years older, but he looks older and it's, it would work. It would make sense. Dude, Dude. Sam Jackson is like 70 years old, I think. I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. he, he looks good for 70. But he still like, you know, can kick a little butt for a dude that's in his age, you know, in certain in certain films. Yep. So I guess we'll question. See. How yeah. long exactly does Mandal- does the Mandalorian take place after Return of the Jedi? 
Uh, I believe it's five years. There, see, but five years down. Here's the thing. Also, five years. Uh, let's 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 drop a little a little thought about that, and then like let's get to our final thoughts. I think on this episode because yeah. the thing about that is that even Filoni recently said something about like that confused fans as to where the Mandalorian fits into the timeline of Star Wars because. No, so I haven't seen, I think it's Rebels. I haven't seen Rebels, but I believe yeah. Rebels ends with uh, Ahsoka Tano. Like, that's where she's trying to look for Ezra Bridger, right? I think I think the, 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 the case that he was making is not that where the Mandalorian fits in the timeline, but where the scene of Ahsoka Tano in Rebels falls in the, side, in the timeline. I think that's right, more but if, the point that he was making, because... It, if you move that around, though, that changes things for sure. Though. Oh, no doubt. You know, because now what we're seeing in Rebels, we think it's linear with whatever's going on with, um, you know, the the live action movies and, and TV shows. And now he's kind of introducing the fact that, hey, maybe that last scene, there was some time that passed in between, you know, and maybe it doesn't fit with this timeline per se, you know. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that for sure. Because Ahsoka Tano, again, might get a spinoff. So we'll see how they fit her and, excuse me, excuse me, all of these characters into the timelines mm-hmm. for Star Wars. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. All right. So, so, so. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to start final thoughts on this episode, rating and all of that. So we talked about it in a lot of detail. We had moments that were not cringeworthy, but moments that won't per- were not perfect. Okay. Um, that said, you guys know that even though I like to be, you know, logical, I like to look at the aspects of the episode in terms of acting, cinematography, directing, writing. Um, and that's a, you know, obviously very important to me into how an episode turns out. I thought those aspects were good. Although there were moments where the writing wasn't great. I think we, we mentioned some of those, right? Um, but overall, the way that I rate a lot of these things, maybe just to kind of explain my thought process behind how I rate a lot of the things that we rate, whether it's video games or movies or TV shows, is, you know, I definitely consider the aesthetic and the technical aspects of it. Like I said, acting, writing, directing, all that, special effects. But as I mentioned earlier, a lot of Star Wars is how it makes you feel, right? Like that's something that's been important to all of us. You know, Star Wars gives us emotions to a certain extent. It makes us nostalgic it makes us excited it makes us feel like kids it makes us happy to see our favorite characters get their stories fleshed out and told and to see new characters enter into the canon and this episode made me feel that like i said this episode made me feel star wars for lack of a better term um and like i said it's one of the things this episode the last episode and to a certain extent most of this season has given me that feeling in a way that I haven't felt since, say, The Force Awakens, which was a mixed feeling. So I'm going to, you know, long story short, I'm going to give this episode, for me personally, my rating is a 9 out of 10. It's definitely not perfect. You know, nothing ever is. It's hard to give something a perfect score. There's only a few things that I've given a perfect score to, some of those controversial, we won't mention. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Wolfie would have something to say about that. Yes, he would. But, but, and then that's the reason why I rated that thing so highly. Like, there were moments while I was playing, and I'll mention, I'll, I'll mention it briefly, I love The Last of Us 2. There were moments where, like, I just felt this rush of, like, excitement, emotion, fear. Like, you feel something. 
And this this episode, the last episode, have made me feel that, and I loved it for that. Um, the music was great, you know, just everything about it. The, the way that they use nostalgia and legacy characters worked out really, really well. Like I said, the only issues I have is I want to find out what the heck Boba was doing all this time before he got his armor. And, you know, like a couple of gripes with, with Mando's actions in the episode, even though, like AJ said, I understood his motivation. So that's why it wasn't too bad for me. And it doesn't lower the score much more than that. So, yeah, for me, it is a 9 out of 10. It's one of the best episodes of the show so far, if not the best episode of the show so far. I'll have to remove myself from it a few weeks before I can make that distinction. But I loved it. And, I, you know, I can't wait to see where this goes in the next two weeks. Um, what about you guys? Eli, what I, was your opinion of the episode? Or AJ, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say uh, I'm going to follow in a similar vein. I'm going to go 9 out of 10, too. Um, again, I I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's nice to finally see that there's the best bounty hunter in the universe and he doesn't just stand in a corner and look cool. I can actually give credence to that title. Yeah. I was still, I'm not entirely happy with how they handled the dark troopers, but that's relatively minor, even though like, you know, I, I, I didn't quite, Enjoy the way that was handled but it doesn't detract from the entire episode because the entire episode for better or worse was really really good it was so yeah 9 out of 10 you've done good you guys should already know I, the corn meter let me guess 6 6 out of 10 actually surprisingly it's, it's uh, better 7 out of 10 at least seven. it's not a failing grade. Well, okay, so yeah. what's, what loses those three points for you? Well, considering that I like to make... I like... Um, it's not that I like to. I, I have a big problem with small small uh, little details like characters being stupid and stuff. But so that really... it was There were a bunch of plot holes here. And a, a lot of weird things happen. Well, not what plot did you holes. Think, yeah, what did you think was a plot issue, if not a plot hole? No, no, no. It wasn't plot holes. It was just there no, were a lot of but weird. What was the issue in the plot, I guess? Like, let me yeah. give you one good example, I guess, that you thought was kind of a, a bad issue in the plot, if not a plot hole, like I said. Well, you know, like Mando just being stupid and not, and doing the same thing over for like four times. Yeah. It, okay. it, it really I agree. just. Mm. But mm-hmm. whatever, seven out of ten. Okay, seven out of ten. Um, okay, so I guess Walt, what's your what's your uh, opinion? Last but not least. All right. So, um, one thing I ha- I have to say that we didn't mention: this episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Oh yes, uh, which I'm a huge fan of. He's done movies such as the Desperado trilogy, um, Spy Kids, Dust Till Dawn, Sin City, uh, Machete. You know. He's he's done he's done a number of those those um movies which I find to be very very good. So yeah, he's one know. of the best um you know Hispanic or Latino action directors out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's the one thing that I wanted to put out there because I I really really did enjoy this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I thought, just like you said, it gave me the Star Wars feels uh, more so than some of the other episodes that we've seen so far. Um, the the biggest gripe that I have is that end sequence with the with the dark troopers, and and just because of that, I think, you know, just seeing it the one time, usually I see it a couple of times, and maybe I have to go revisit it again. But just based on that, I kind of give it a half star less than the previous episode. Um, I did like okay mm-hmm. the 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 reveal of the Jedi in that episode a little bit more. I thought that that episode was a little bit more um, cohesive from front to back, you know, mm-hmm. um, and okay. it did have its problems. But like I said. Again, it, it's one of these things that I'm immensely enjoying the the Star Wars episodes um, on its own. I'm glad that this was not a filler episode. Yeah, the last was, two episodes have kind of gone back to what you liked about the first season. Yes. You could put and, these two together into a short film, kind of, right? Exactly. And, and like, that's yeah. where I find my enjoyment with The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. not these side quests and stuff. So I'm glad we're mm-hmm. back to that. But like I said... I, I just, you know, that last sequence with the dark troopers and, you know, um, the whole extended sequence of going up the mountain and then the dark troopers a la Nazgul style surrounding Grogu, you know, that kind of fell a little flat for me. Um, so you got to forgive me. I don't remember the, what rating I gave the Jedi. On our last episode, I'm just going to give it one half star less than that. I thought it was a great episode, but mm-hmm. not as good as the one previous. And I right. love, and, you know, I know Wolfie's going to give me crap about this. I love that Boba Fett is back in canon, and I thought he was awesome in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and um, you know, definitely we're all worried about Grogu at the end of this episode with his little handcuffs on. Like, how can a character... Uh, yeah, that stunk, too. <laughs> yeah, th- those handcuffs seemed like they were similar to um, what Dooku used to trap Obi-Wan uh, in episode three, I believe. Remember, he had him suspended in, like, a energy field? The cuffs thank God, field. Thank, God they didn't use, <laughs> thank God they didn't use ray shields. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> ray shields? We're better than this. Oh, how could man. this happen? <laughs> Cring- that's that's cringy right there but you know whatever <sighs> all right so yeah again it was another episode that we've enjoyed i think that we can yeah. all sort of agree that the last couple of episodes have been some of the better ones even if they're not our favorites They've the high point I, my thing is it's the high point of the season so far the last two episodes yep. the last actually the last three right with bogatan ahsoka tano and boba fett all yep. returning yeah. and being part of official live action canon that's kind of a nerd's dream there, too. And Ahsoka Tano, Ahsoka Tano also her storyline with the with the daughter and the owl. Also, that was an Easter egg from last week that we didn't mention. The owl is in that forest, for those of you that didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Watch the episode again. Ahsoka Tano's spirit owl, force owl. So good. There. So, so good. that was pretty dope. But yeah, we had a great time watching this episode. We had a great time talking about this episode. Um, and again... As always, we want to thank our fans out there for bearing with us when it comes to any kind of sound issues or artifacts or errors that we have in the audio recording. We think we've been doing a lot better every single week. If you think that we have been doing better every single week, you know, send us some feedback 
And the things that we welcome more than anything else are feedback. Please, if you want to support your favorite podcast crew, the Get Geek Crew, like, rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. We are on all your favorite podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon Music, Pandora. I got all of those right this time around, most of them at least. Yeah, we're, we're pretty much on everything. <laughs> Anywhere you can find your favorite podcast, wherever your favorite podcasts are sold, please check us out, like, rate, share, subscribe, send us some feedback. Check us out. Reach out to us on Instagram or on Twitter at Get Geek Podcast. And, uh, you know, we appreciate all of that feedback. And, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. Thank you, as <laughs> always, to our fans out there for enjoying another great episode with us. We had a great time with this conversation. We're looking forward to the next couple of weeks of The Mandalorian. And we know you are, too. So, with that said... I got just one thing left to say to y'all out there, and that is stay geeky, my friends. Great girl group. Great girl group.